0: means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take
1: a picture book look. Hey, Kirsty. Hey, Kim. So what do a jellyfish, a dinosaur, a ghost, and a
0: mutant potato have in common? <laughs> I don't know. Um, none of them can get COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
1: probably true, um, but that's not the answer I was thinking. The answer is actually Ben Clanton.
0: Oh, yeah, Yeah. that makes way more sense because Mm -hmm. we're talking about Rot, the bravest in the world. Rot is one hot potato who loves mud, but is he brave enough to face the squirm? You'll have to read the book to find out. I love the expressive illustrations and puns in this book. I couldn't agree more. I also love how Ben has created such
1: an irresistible character out of something... Mm, pretty unusual. (laughs) I know readers will fall in love with Rot just like we have, and we are so excited that Ben is here with us today. Let's get started.
0: Ben, this is a follow-up to Rot, the cutest in the world. Yay! What was the inspiration behind this mutant potato story? (laughs) (laughs) love the concept and everything about him. (laughs) Brilliant.
2: Thank you. Rot begins, as most of my stories do, in my sketchbook. And let's see, this was back, I think, in 2011 or 2012, when I first started drawing these dirt-clawed creatures with stuff growing out of their heads. There'd be flowers and stuff. And as I continued to draw them over the years, they kind of morphed and changed into these monster potatoes. And whenever I'd go to draw something cute, like a a bunny or a kitten, uh, some of my go-tos, I I love drawing cute stuff. Whenever I go to draw one of those, next thing I would know is one of these monster potatoes would be jumping onto that page about to devour it. And um, they wouldn't go away. They just kept popping up. And I think both of you can probably relate to this right if you sometimes you have certain things that just keep coming back for some reason and you don't even know why at first but for some reason these monster potatoes they seem to really want a story so I decided I needed to be a little more purposeful about it and and try to find a story for them the trouble was they weren't that likable (laughs) (laughs) after eating cute creatures that seems like not the greatest starting point for a children's book probably so I like to be able to root for my main characters, and so I very purposefully then tried to make them more friendly. So they went from these very sharp, jagged teeth and very scary-looking to I rounded everything out. And it's amazing, and this is something I focus a lot on when I'm talking with kids about drawing, is just the smallest changes can make a huge impact. So just rounding out the teeth, for example, all of a sudden made them look a lot more friendly. And that also then... Kind of completed a few of my thoughts about who these mutant potatoes are i tell kids too that there are two main ingredients to my stories characters and questions and by asking my characters questions is how i find out everything else about the story and that's definitely the case with these mutant potatoes Is i was asking questions about what they like to do and very quickly discovered they love mud eating stuff <laughs> And for some reason, I, I don't know why, but I'm very certain of this. They love games and contests mm-hmm. of all sorts. They're super competitive. Probably a little <laughs> bit inspired by myself as a kid. I was a very competitive, kid. I always wanted to win. But most important thing to me always was the game and just having fun. For anyone who's looking to create their own stories, inspiration can be found within you know your own life and moments. That's often where the most authentic and ones come through. And sometimes that's potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I think our characters are often a little bit of a, a self-portrait, which I think, rot, you know, I, I nailed it. It looks just like <laughs>
1: this. <that. laughs> wow. I love hearing how it started, how it always it starts in your sketchbook. Is that, that you said that's typical for your stories?
2: Yeah, very typical at this point. When I first started out, actually... I started out by writing. I wasn't illustrating or drawing at all. It was still pretty early on within my design to make children's books. My then girlfriend, now wife Kelsey, was like, well, it's the pictures that really draws you towards so many of these stories. Have you considered trying to draw? And so I started carrying a sketchbook around with me everywhere.
0: So you didn't draw in high school? It wasn't something that you loved to do already?
2: You know, I loved it as a kid, especially, like, I can recall second, third, fourth grade. I loved to draw, and it was one of my happy places to go. But come middle school, high school, just kind of became less important. There was other things I was more focused on, basketball, science. There's just other passions that kind of took precedent.
1: Wow. Well, I think that's a really great message for authors. It's never too late, right?
2: Absolutely. You know, you hear people say all the time, I can't draw, but it's really a question of doing it. You know, it's, it's as with anything else, a great deal of practice <laughs> in order to make it work. Now, that's not saying, you know, that like some people aren't more naturally going to be drawn to drawing mm-hmm. and find that's a particular skill for them. But I think even for those authors that don't feel confident or comfortable drawing, there's still a lot that can be learned by trying to draw your characters at the very least. And then if you're making picture books, working out the pagination and thinking about the pictures, you might then do a better job of setting up interplay with the illustrations that way.
0: That's That's a good idea. Can
1: you give us a look into your illustrative process?
2: Well, I have my go-tos. I usually use a Prismacolor black colored pencil for most of my stories. And then in some sort of usually dark line work of some sort. So I've also used dip pens for previous books or Micron pens earlier on pencil. But the Prismacolor has become my favorite, my go-to. And then watercolor. I love watercolor and it's actually really good for me because I can be a little bit of a perfectionist really wanting to fine-tune things and watercolor there's only so much you can do to <laughs> control watercolor it's true which then works out too for Rot because Rot you know is the sort of character that needs some character needs to be a little splotchy and messy but then for each book I also like to do something a little bit unique for it and in this case Potatoes are like the perfect sort of setup for that. I could then use potatoes to help me make the art, uh, like potato stamps. I use potato <laughs> stamps for all the speech bubbles.
1: The really? World. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> that's wow. fun.
2: And then I also then did some just texture sheets with the potatoes, where I then do overlays and I work both traditional and on computer and Photoshop. And so then I could take those textures and apply it to some of my other, like, watercolor layers to add a little more grittiness to it from that potato.
1: That is so neat. So what would you say is one of the hardest parts for this book in particular?
2: I think with any book, with any follow-up to a book, a sequel, there's a little bit more pressure to go, well, live up to the first. Or can I surpass that? And so I think some of the things that resonated for my editors and for readers within the first book, my editors really want to make sure that I was still hitting those parts of it. And so that ended up being a little tricky when it came to the ending and getting the ending quite right with this one. It started out as more of a revenge ending than it ended <laughs> up being. There's a lot more of just Rod getting back at (laughs) tonight. But I'm really glad my editors pushed me on that, as well as my critique group pals, and and said, I think you could go a little sweeter with this.
0: (laughs) Well, I have to say, this is fun, even for older kids. Sammy is now 10, if you can believe it. And wow, uh, yeah, and I was reading this book to him, and I of course still read him picture books because he's the youngest child, and he must be read to forever. <laughs> but <laughs> but he was singing the song mud between my toe, mud in my nose. He was singing that song all day. I've been singing the song. Yeah. I think it's so much fun that you have songs in each book. It's such a fun element.
2: The funny thing is, I don't consider myself all that musical. <laughs> <a person.
1: laughs> Like does it does it go to a certain? I, time? I do.
2: I do have my own rendition of how it goes. Oh uh, well, can you show us? We didn't
1: tell you you were going to sing on the podcast today, but.
2: <laughs> but of course, it's going to be uh, Rot's voice. So yes, I'm, oh yes, yes. Excuse me for this. <laughs> mud between my toes, mud in my nose.
0: Mud is great wherever it goes. Oh, I love isn't it. That
2: perfect. I love that.
0: Yes. So much fun. You have a knack for creating irresistible characters. You've got a few series, right? You do such a good job with creating these characters that people want to read about again. What is your secret? (laughs) Yes, tell us your secret.
2: (laughs) Well, I think for me, it's... Going back to it, I'd mentioned that characters are one of my biggest ingredients. To me, they're the heart of any story that I love. So I think about all my favorite books and the reason why they're my favorite books. It's rarely got to do with the plot. Hmm. It rarely has to do with any sort of special idea that was explored within it. It's usually because I connected the characters. Either they were especially relatable to me or... They just became my friends, or they gave me a different perspective, a look into a worldview that I wouldn't have otherwise experienced. And so I spend a ton of time with my characters. Even though my books tend to be very short and tend to be kind of on the silly side, there's still a ton of time put into figuring out as much as possible about my characters. I always want to know more about them than what will ever appear on the page. You know, they're my friends. I spend time with these Characters. (laughs)
0: A lot of time.
1: And then they become our friends. Yeah. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you do the art first and then the words, or is it words first, then the art?
2: It's depended a little bit on book to book, but overall, and especially like in the case of Rot, it has been getting to know that character over a fair bit of time. So, like when I first had the idea of these Tato characters, to when I first put pen to paper for a first draft. That was four years uh, of wow. thinking about wow. those characters and, and spending time with them in my sketchbooks. And then, you know, I've been playing over that kind of story in my mind over and over again, over, over the course of those years, until the point where it feels like it's ready to put on paper. It's I, I compare it to, like, playing um, a cartoon show, an episode on my head Mm -hmm. and it's just like I'm always trying to figure out the exact parts of that go together so the words the the pictures they're very much interlinked for me right from the start so it's hard for me to separate one from the other although usually you know a picture was what first inspired it usually something in my sketchbook Mm -hmm. although sometimes it's just like an observation of something I'm in the world where it's like oh that's funny or that's interesting to me I wonder if there's something there. Then spending time daydreaming. That's probably where the bulk of my work is done, is when I'm out for a walk or doing something that's not even necessarily book-related, but then my brain is just kind of exploring.
1: When someone reads Rot, the bravest in the world, and Rot, the cutest in the world, for both of them, what do you hope they feel or learn?
2: When I first started coming up with, with picture book ideas, I did have like a message or something I wanted to impart in mind. And then I've, again, it comes back to characters for me. I've come to just trust that by spending time with my characters, allowing them to take the lead, usually some sort of themes will naturally come about. So for my focus, it tends to be more of, how can I make this the most fun to read? What's going to make this a really enjoyable read, especially for those that are like me, I, as a kid, I was a reluctant reader. I struggled with learning to read. So what's going to get them excited about reading and enjoying it? And then some themes just kind of pop up. And in the case of Rot, bravery in both books, actually, is a big theme. But in the second one, in Rot, the Bravest in World, there's this external bravery, right? This standing up to the, this imaginary squirm creature and finding a way to bravely go and plunge into the mud. But bigger part of the bravery is actually standing up to Big Brother Snot about how Rot is even looking and Mm -hmm. what Rot is doing to combat that fear, which is by dressing up and using his imagination and being comfortable and confident in that, which is very much then what the first book kind of explores a bit too, is this idea of being true to yourself and the bravery of being true to who you are, which I think it's something many of us struggle with. I know that I do. And that's probably why it comes up within both stories. It's something that i then admire about Rod is Rod has this real confidence about him and this bravery and being true to himself.
0: A big thank you to Ben for joining us today and giving us a look into his creative process for Rod, the bravest in the world. Check out the show notes to learn more about Ben and the other fabulous books he has out in the world. Remember, if you have a picture book that you love and you think we might love it too, send us an email at picturebooklook2 at gmail.com. That's picturebooklook and the number 2 at gmail.com. Happy looking!